When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this girl. Welcome to the show. Let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us. It's not to get rough. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome podcasters, here we are, podcast, podcast, podcast. Bix, on the weekend I had my feet scraped for the first time, but it's not unfamiliar for you. Talk about your feet. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I sometimes get a, uh, a medical pedicure. A medical pedicure? Yeah, Mediped. I, I don't have great feet. All footballers have got terrible yeah. big toes yes. and very bad feet, so... Needs a little bit. I, I wear orthotics and it's all not good down Are there. Are they still a thing, orthotics? Yeah, well, yeah, I broke my foot three times. I'm Because I'm uh, bow-legged, I land on the outside of my foot and that created some issues for me. Didn't you play an international series with a broken leg? No, no, no. Well, I broke it in the last minute of the game, yeah, so that wasn't ideal. Either. And it was like it, absolutely it, freezing? Yes. It was two degrees was the maximum for the day. Yeah. And it was I couldn't even feel my feet for most of the game and then I broke the... It was only a, it was a fracture rather than a snap. It wasn't one of those double compound, you know, Yuck. with the legs bending the wrong way. It was just a spiral fracture where my leg got twisted the wrong way. But anyway, we move on. Uh, so you had your feet scraped. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go and do it because I've moved into a house and it was really dusty and I noticed on my heels that the dirt was getting caught in it. And I sometimes pick them when I get bored and chuck the skin yeah. at my wife. Oh, wow. So um, I went there, but the woman, I thought she was going to be complimentary. She looked up at me and she said, oh, that's a lot. Like, oh, Thanks. Mm. Um, but it's great. I want to do it more often. What other parts of your body can you get scraped? Not many. Um, why don't you go to the, the that thing where you put your feet in the fish and they oh, eat Oh, in eat. Bali. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that would I, – I, I went to Bali in 2022 and I walked past an Adelaide United supporter who recognised me and they're like, oh, Adelaide United. I'm like, that's awesome because I was wearing Adelaide United hat mm. and they were getting their feet eaten by fish. Mm. Yeah, well, cool story. That might be something we could start here in Adelaide. Get some carp out of the Murray. <laughs> or, or whatever's in the Torrens. Um, okay, so this is a sports show, but, okay. you know, we like to no, we like to talk about our lives and stuff. I think it's important. It's exclusive access for the podcasters. Well, exactly. And I, I went to a, a sunflower farm on the oh, weekend, yeah. Atkins Farm, which was up just outside of Meadows. It's um, a friend, a family friend of ours, and we went down, went down, yeah, went to Meadows anyway, and Frolicked in the uh, the sunflowers and picked a whole heap, uh, and it's a it's a great little venture that they're uh, they're setting up down there, Tim and Monica. So they've planted they've got two whole paddocks that are just full of sunflowers, and you go along, you have some photos taken in there, you walk through it, and then at the end you cut a whole heap off and you get a big bunch and have a lot of fun. I love that. So can people find that on social media? Yeah, I reckon if you googled Atkins Farm yep. Meadows, you would be able to find it. Book in. You need to book. For it. They have a couple of sessions. Uh, Speaking of Atkins, what's happened to Rory Atkins? Didn't he sign this big deal to go play at the Gold Coast and we haven't seen him since? He's still at the Gold Coast, yeah. So he's, I think he's around the mark. I caught up with him actually. I bumped into him, 
I reckon it was just over Christmas, and yeah. he said he's going pretty well. Had a lot of injury issues, but he's uh, looking forward to this year. So that'll be interesting to see if he can break into that side. Okay, so before we get into uh, what you missed on the show today, uh, we like to read out some of the texts that we didn't have time to mm. read out, or the ones abusing us and things like that. Zero four two seven one five four one double six, because everybody needs to get their voice heard on this show. Yeah, and ones that sometimes make very little sense, like this one. It's time <laughs> to confuse the Indians. Australia should send Mark Bickley over with a piece of equipment they have never seen uh, in the subcontinent, which is a rain gauge. We need to find out who's sending that because they obviously have been listening to you in your former radio life. I do have a rain gauge, not that it's getting much use at the moment, but mainly because I like uh, gardening and uh, my, my lawn in particular. So if it, when you know how much rain you've had, obviously you know how much to water your garden. Yeah, I'm getting some new lawn put in um, the front of our place. The place that we bought, there's irrigation everywhere. I had an irrigation guy come and look at it and he said, this isn't compliant. So we're going to spend a lot of money on um, irrigation. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, this is from Daniel Walsh. Did you see Jason Horn Francis abusing the umpire on Friday? It was an internal. I think when we read out the text, mm. we need to do it in the voice that they're probably written in. And Chad Corn's basically saying he was forward too much. He runs forward and doesn't defend. Not a great start. I did see him have a word to the umpire, but that's no different than any other game. I don't think he was necessarily abusing the umpire. Mm. Um, I heard a lot of Port Adelaide fans were very critical. They said they, they were crucified by the umpires. <laughs> well, in an internal I, trial. The, the umpire who was full on, um, he runs forward and doesn't defend, not a great start. It's been one internal trial and he played a handful of games for North Melbourne last year. So He's a baby still. Let's just relax, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, what about this one? Let's not kid ourselves, guys. For every video of an AFL player doing illicit substances, there's allegedly at least 100 other players doing it without video evidence. Jack was sorry he got caught. That's all. Michael, thoughts on that? Well, this is the thing. We don't know. I, I certainly wouldn't know because I, I don't mix in those circles. That could very well be right or it could be very well be off the mark. And one of the things we spoke about today is the AFL, in their wisdom, they do hair testing of every player when mm. they come back after Christmas. So in January, they also do it in August. Is it body hair or head hair? Well, I think it's any hair. Okay. And and apparently some of the substances are captured in hair and, mm. and, and it stays in there for a lot longer than it stays in your urine or your blood. So they, they should be able to get a picture. And I think this is what people would like from the AFL is a little bit of transparency to say, this is a problem because we've got insert number here, 20% of players who have done that, or this is an isolated incident because we test every player and it's in under 5%. So okay. how would we know? And I think there's a lot of speculation from a whole range of people, and many of the people who are speculating, like myself, would have little idea. Josh from Aldinga Beach, these guys choose the professional athlete route, route, whatever. Is it route or route? Mm, Doesn't matter? No. Okay. Uh, knowing the sacrifices they have to make, comparing it into an everyday job isn't comparing apples with apples. Jack has copped it on the chin and he knows he messed up. End of story? Mm, yeah, look, uh, I still think uh, it is their job, whether you like it or not. That's what they do. Uh is there more scrutiny? Yes, there is. Is there sacrifices you have to make? Yes, there is. But at the same time, uh, not everyone gets it right all the time. And it's and it's like every profession. There's doctors out there that get their licenses suspended because they do the wrong thing. There's politicians who stuff up all the time. There's lawyers. There's accountants. There's everything. Police officers. 
everyone starts with the best of intentions, but the, quite often people make really poor decisions or they get in a situation where they let themselves down. And whilst you've got young men who are highly competitive and sometimes uh, have a natural bent to be risk takers, you know, that's, that's often professional sports people are people who are on the edge, you know, and, and enjoy that adrenaline rush. So sometimes they're more susceptible to this stuff. That's not making excuses. That's just probably the type of personality that you need to be to be successful at uh, at an elite sport level. So there's going to be uh, things like this happen. We just have to make sure that we support people through it. And there's two things that there's two ways this is going to go. We will look back on this in four or five years time and say that potentially Jack Ginevan learned a really important lesson. Or we'll look back and say, Jack Ginevan didn't heed the the warnings or didn't uh, take it on board the advice he was given and the support he was shown, and and because of that he ended up out of the system. So that's the that's the choice he now has to make. And and I think you are allowed to make one mistake. I think people's patience starts running out when you repeatedly make mistakes, sort of Jordan Goey style. Yeah. But then if you show that over a body of time, so in five or six years, we look back and we say, you know what, he's kept his nose clean, he's playing good footy, I think people will uh, uh, will forgive you for, for some of those misdemeanors. And I think that we live in uh, sometimes a bit of a naive world where um, there would be a lot of people in society, not necessarily just AFL players, that would be thankful that that's, this has happened to Jack Gittivan because it's a reminder to them to actually probably to start making better mm. decisions. Um, and, and here's another one. I, I read something on the weekend. Remember, this happened in Victoria. Victoria have legal heroin injecting rooms. Mm. So, so we're actually facilitating and and enabling people to inject heroin into themselves, and and then other people would argue, and now now we're going to hang out a twenty year old for for dabbling in a an illicit drug. So, this is why I say there is no simple answer. This is a complex problem, and it's a problem that's been around forever, and I'm sure it'll be around in another ten years if we're still here talking about it, because there isn't a simple fix and it's it's multi-layers and we're dealing with human beings who aren't perfect. Quickly, two more. Lindsay says, I reckon nothing's changed my opinion on both teams after the internal trials. Port have got a deeper list in Adelaide, so it's harder to get effective disposal. The Crows are thinner for talent, so their ball movement was good. Football starts this week. Real football starts in three weeks, Lindsay. And finally. I think there's, there's a fair bit to that text on the money, I reckon. On the mark or on the money? On the mark. Money Bickley, because it's the <laughs> pun. of Okay. And Simon, I see Victoria are trying to entice Peter Siddle back to continue his Shield career at 38. Talk about clogging up pathways to the national team. Maybe you should be working with Cricket Australia and giving the young up and quicks, the young up and quicks some tricks or advice from his kit bag. Dean Jones once said, if you have a play for Australia by the time you're 28, get a job. What would he say about a 38-year-old recruit player in Victoria? I think there might be a, an element of coaching in that. I mm. wouldn't think that they would be enticing him back just for his bowling. It might be a, a transitional uh, type arrangement. Might play a little bit more, but I reckon he's getting close to the end, but it'll be more likely a coaching position. And I will not have a bad word ever said about Peter Siddle. So, Simon, find another show. I'm joking. No, no, no. Stay with us. But uh, we love Peter Siddle. And we love you listening. Have a listen because we speak to Ryan Harris about the test over in India. Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. We also have On The Mark, which um, was probably the best one we've done out of the two we've done. What do you think? Yeah, it wasn't much to beat. Okay, here's the podcast. 
Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Another massive weekend of Adelaide Sport. Good morning to you on this Tuesday live in SENSA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, it's 26 degrees in Adelaide right now. It's been a hot weekend. It's going to get even hotter this week. How are you, mate? Yes, I'm very well. Uh, Good morning, everyone, and good morning to you, Jared. It was, I didn't think it was unbearable yesterday. It got to about 34 degrees. I think we're forecast to about 35 degrees. Later in the week, it's really going to heat up. Gets up around 38, 39. So, uh, Everyone, please try and stay cool. Give your pets a little, make sure their water bowls are topped up, all those things. But uh, yeah, let's talk sport because there's plenty going on, Jared. I think the biggest issue over the weekend was the test match. And uh, Mm. boy, oh boy, if we thought uh, the first test was a a bad batting collapse, how about the second innings where they lost, what they, something ridiculous, seven wickets for 28 runs or something? Well, they, they say usually in the broadcast, don't go anywhere because you don't want to miss any of the action. If you did go out of your lounge room and you went to the fridge to get a refreshment, you'd come back and you would have seen the Australian collapse where I watched a lot of that first innings on Friday night after the mm-hmm. internal trial, which we'll, we'll get to for yep. both clubs, Port Adelaide and the Crows. And it actually didn't look too bad. Um, Australia put on a, a, a pretty competitive total and... What was amazing to see that when the Aussies started bowling in that first innings, um, we we had a um, three spin attack, which was mm. just just rotating all the spinners, and then it was that second innings where everything went poor. Yeah, that's right. And um, as you said, our bowling attack was pretty good because I think we had them under pressure, but their, their tail wagged as it has done fairly consistently. They got up to within one run of us. We potentially could have been sixty or seventy runs in front, wasn't to be. Travis Head uh, got away to a reasonable start, I think, overnight. You know, something one for 60-odd. Mm. And th- we're thinking to yourself, well, if they get up around 250 again, the last day of this test or the the, the team batting last is going to have a real tough uh, go of this. But then it was an absolute schmozzle. I'm not sure. You know, Obviously, the uh, there's been a lot spoken about about the sweep shot mm. and how many players fell to that and whether that was a directive that they were going to go in against it. But I don't know. What I take out of it is that if I were the uh, uh, the Australian uh, cricket board, I would look at our preparation and how well we did that. I would look at our, in, in terms of lead up and practice matches and, and blokes playing T20 before sort of, and then jumping pretty much straight into this. I would look at our selection, you know, in terms of bringing Ashton Agar over and then having a couple of blokes just jump straight over the top of him and, and there's blokes coming and going and I just don't think that's right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then the, the way we've batted and uh, the shot selection uh, and, the, and compare that to the way the Indians have batted. Before we go back to India, and we don't come back again until 20, 26, yeah, 27, while, yeah. it's, it's a fair way away. I think we need to have a look at uh, getting, uh, even if it's a consulting sort of role, someone, an Indian, to teach us how to bat on Indian pitches. It just... We, we haven't done it well for so long. Well, let's get someone who actually uh, grew up on that style of pitch, someone who's been hugely successful, and get them into the tent and, and teaching our young cricketers how to play spin. Because guess what? If you think about going forward, uh, where the, the epicenter of cricket in, is, it's in India. And so if we've got an under-19s team or a, or a 
21 or 22-year-old young cricketers coming through. Let's teach them how to play spin. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting here talking about this in 2026. So Australia crumbled from one for 65 to all out for 113 in just over 90 minutes. So that was eight wickets for 28. Mm. Ravi Jadeja, seven for 42 that... You heard in what he said at the end of the match because the the on-ground commentator said, oh, how would you play against you? And he mm. said, well, I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so it, was, it, found, it sounded like a bit of a dig and he was really happy. Yeah, we just, just made it easy for him to take all of those wickets. So mm. we are going to be talking about that. And uh, a couple of specific players, including David Warner, who is on the way home, um, we'll be asking questions about him too. So you can send us a text with your thoughts on that second test match over in India, 0427154166. Let's head into the kitchen and find out what's cooking. Thank you very much to Nippies. You can quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. Intriguing Friday night, Bix, because you and I all of a sudden turned into expert commentators at the internal trials at, <laughs> at Richmond and Albert and Oval as well. Um, how did that start for you? Let's Before we get into the analysis of the football, you turned into a commentator and it, it coincidentally happened to myself at the same time. Well, I, I was doing some um, some work with the Adelaide Football Club on their live stream, Theodoropoulos from Channel 7 was doing the uh, the play-by-play call and I was just adding a little bit of colour uh, and some comments. And then he had to quickly take off the game, ran a bit longer, and he had to go do have some commitments with Channel 7. And so uh, Eb Marinoff stepped in, but she was stepped in to do this, the commenting. Yes. And I had to then sort of... Uh, do the play-by-play stuff, which, you know, for people that don't do that. It's How a- would you rate your performance out of 10? Three. Yeah. See, I felt the same about my own because <laughs> I arrived at Alberton and it was a spectacular crowd at Alberton. The club raised almost $10,000 for variety and also the flood relief, which is awesome. Okay. They were selling tickets to the match so they could um, split the proceeds and almost 3,000 people there. Um, and I was supposed to just speak on the microphone, mm-hmm. have a chat to Zach Butters, who didn't play, and Nathan Bassett at halftime and then... The media man, Daniel Norton, who um, listens to this show every morning, goes running. So he's going to be listening now. He said, Walshie, can you come and do some co-commentary with me? And I said, I've never done it before. I can probably do some special comments. And then that evolved into Mm. I was the co-commentator and Norts was tapping me on the shoulder um, what was challenging is that we were at the, the Western Grandstand at Alberton and mm. we didn't have a screen to look at. So we had to look directly over the other side of the ground mm. where the probables and the possibles were going against one another. So the team in the Black Guernseys were the, the probables, your big mm. name players. The possibles were half made up of Port Magpies players that we had no idea who they were. And Norts in the last quarter choked on a nut. So he was mid-commentary and he started choking. And I didn't know what to do because we needed to call the play. So <laughs> did, did you give him the Heimlich maneuver? I, I just was thinking, what, what do I do in this position? So uh, I would give myself a, at best a three out of ten too. And it mm. makes you um, probably realise how much we take for granted people like Jared Waitley who just oh. do it with their eyes closed in their sleep. No, it is, it is an art form. There is no doubt about that. And... Uh, it is difficult to do if you don't practice it or you don't have much of a go at it, which we haven't had much practice. So let's talk about the footy, which which is uh, more importantly what people want to hear about. We'll start with Adelaide. Uh, I think the, the headline act for Adelaide was Isaac Rankin. So everyone went along to see how he was going to go. He kicked five goals, probably split his time, maybe 60-40 between forward and midfield. So attended a lot of centre bounces. Looked okay in there. So uh, Isaac and, and Josh Rochelle sort of were flicking in between uh, the centre bounce. 
Were the teams structured, sorry, um, as similar to the Port game? So it was your probables and your possibles? Yeah, it started off that way. So the best team versus the rest, basically. And, and Adelaide's best team comfortably were, were able to account for the, the rest of the team. So I think at quarter time, it was something like seven to eight goals to one. So that was quite comfortable. Second quarter wasn't quite as dominant. And then after halftime, they started flipping a lot of the players around. So... Um, Rankin and Rochelle both look good going through the midfield. Bit of zip uh, around the centre bounce. The, the forward line of Adelaide, once again, I think, you know, I'm not saying anything that anyone doesn't know, but when you've got Walker, who looked quite sharp, you've got um, Phil Thorpe, Rankin, Rochelle, McAdam, and also Fogarty in there, that's going to be, uh, well, that's going to create some headaches for people. So Fogarty didn't have a huge game. Um, Phil Thorpe, didn't have a huge game as a forward, spent a fair bit of time in the ruck as well. So they had a little look around a number of players, but that six or seven players in in the Adelaide Crows forward line, will, I think will determine how well they go this year. If they can get enough supply to them, I think they will, will do pretty well. So that was one part of it. Riley O'Brien was interesting. We've come to know him as the number one ruckman for Adelaide. He spent, he, he uh, started the game uh, in the number one team, but then they flipped that around a little bit. Um, Elliot Himmelberg spent time in the ruck. Riley Thilthorpe spent time in the ruck, both for the uh, the probables rather than the possibles. So just maybe a little insight there that they're looking at uh, perhaps someone a little bit more mobile in that position. Um, and the back line for Adelaide, again, uh, what I've liked and what they've tried to do over the last probably 18 months, Smith, Hinge came through there, Dawson, those guys that have got that really nice kicking leg coming out of defence. Uh, Wayne Miller was another one who played, spent some time across halfback. Those guys there, get the ball into their hands and try and have them make really good decisions and deliver it into the forward line. So always very difficult judging internal trials because if one team's really good, it means that you're defensively mm. you're quite poor on the other side. But yeah, Adelaide's uh, first 25 or so looked pretty solid, but they did drop away a little bit after that. We are here thanks to MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group at Alberton. And we'll do a deep dive into this after 7 o'clock this mm. morning as well. So we'd love to know your thoughts if you were watching the stream or you were at both matches. 0427-154-166. Um, the good news for Port Adelaide fans to start off with, Bix, is that Port Adelaide got the win at the end of Friday night, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, for, for... <laughs> Heard they were crucified by the umpires as well. <laughs> the, the umpiring was really interesting to, to pay close attention to mm. because the umpires were hot. Um, I feel that it was quite a scrappy match. You would have heard Chad Corns at the end of the, yes. the trial to, to say that it was quite scrappy. There was a, a few things that I'll briefly touch on. First of all, everybody was there to see what Jason Horn Francis would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell there were there was atmosphere whenever he got near the ball. He had a really quiet game. There were there were moments where you could see the impact that he would have, especially there was um, a passage of play where he got the ball on the wing on the eastern side of Albert and got it to Mitch Georgiatis, who could have bombed long for goal. Um, he chipped it to Jed McEntee, who ended up converting the goal. That was set up by the Hornet. Yep. The, the player, the new face that I was most impressed with uh, was, was uh, Junior Rioli. Yep, Absolutely. Look, look he did. And his unselfishness inside 50, having an opportunity to kick goals again, handing it off. You could see his his football smarts were on show there. So he's going to offer a lot. What about <clears throat> Orazio Fantasia? Yeah. So 
how this was structured, there were a few players that were going to have restricted minutes. So mm-hmm. Ollie Wines came off at, at halftime. Charlie Dixon, the same thing. Orazio was supposed to come off at three-quarter time, but he played out the game, which is pleasing because it yeah. shows that he was fully fit and raring to go. So some of these players like Fantasia, Scott Lysette is an interesting one because he started on the possibles in the mm-hmm. ruck against Dante Vicentini and also um, Bryn Tickle, who were in the team wearing the black Guernseys. Um, Why is it every time I think of Bryn Tickle, I think of Jeffrey Edelston? Uh, because, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we can. They look very different, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, look, they were the, – the pleasing thing for Port Adelaide fans is that I think – where we lacked over the past couple of seasons mm. was when Scott Lysett was injured. Who yep. would fill that void? What Will it be Charlie Dixon or Jeremy Finlayson last mm. season? Or does Ollie Wines go into the ruck? We can see that um, Bryn Tickle is there to provide relief. But also, Dante's had a really good preseason and off-season yeah. and put on a bit of size. Mm. Um, the standouts, he's, quite a, he's quite aggressive, I've heard, yeah, he Dante Vicentini, yeah. which, which I think is one of the things that Scott Lysett brings to the table. That a you know, big... Uh, in some ways, intimidating sort of figure. Yep. So I think for a big man, I, I think that's a huge plus for for Vicentini. The the fact that he does hit packs, he he is angry. He, he's uh, he, he gets after the footy and the opposition. So I I can't wait to actually see him in person. But I've heard really good reports. Just when you thought he couldn't get any better, Connor Rosie was outstanding mm. by far. The the time that he has with the football, you know, you, you think back over the years and you think about players like Scott Pendlebury, um, even the early 2000s with a, a James Hurd having mm. the ball, that he just creates space around him and he looks like he's moving in slow motion. That's what Connor looked like, especially in the second half. Um, but a standout for me was Miles Bergman. Yeah. He was outstanding. And I think he's really started to show what, he can do the past couple of seasons he's been in and out of the side he would be a walk-up start yeah it's it's interesting because uh carl amon had such a good year last year spent a lot of time sort of wing and half forward predominantly wing and i think there was a discussion around oh, who, who's the most likely to replace him and you think about uh bergman who's <clears throat> what i love about him is beautiful size he's a big man as well so he's got size and potentially could move into the midfield at some stage. But then you've also got Xavier Dersma, who reportedly yep. has had a really good preseason. So you've got a couple of uh, ready-made replacements. I think maybe Riley Bonner might end up pushing a little bit higher up the ground. Looks like they've got plenty of blokes if they want to use Kane Farrell across halfback, which we saw late last season. You might see Bonner and, and Dersma and Bergman as as their wingers. So They've um, got options there. So... Hmm. Um, uh, it was Bonner, Dersma, and Bergman. They were the ones that were swapping Guernseys between the, the probables and the possibles. So mm. you can see Kenny and, and Kari were having a look to see um, who probably best fits that as the teams get ready to head over to Western Australia this week. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Big holiday sale now on. As we said, uh, we'd love to know your thoughts on the trials. We'll speak to you after 7 o'clock this morning if you want to give us a buzz. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Next, we'll do our brekkie brainstorm because we also need to talk about the controversy over the weekend surrounding Collingwood's Jack Ginevan and we'd love to speak to you too. It's SENSA at 6.16. Good morning. Tyre Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tyre Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go!
21 minutes past six on this Tuesday morning. A very warm week across Adelaide, so stay hydrated. You can certainly do that. And quench your thirst with nippies this summer. Shout out to the SA Scorpions who are in the WNCL final against Tassie. We will uh, give you more info on that and the other results from the weekend in our sports update, which is a couple of minutes away before we get to that. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. A breaky brainstorm this morning. Mark Bickley is another controversial one as we are approaching the start of the AFL season. Collingwood's Jack Ginevan in the headlines again. Um, he's continually in the headlines, and this one's a, mm. a, a pretty tough one um, considering he's going to miss the first couple of games in the AFL season. Yeah, for those who um, may be just catching up with this story, this was uh, someone has videotaped Jack Ginevan. They've, they've reached over the top of a, uh, a cubicle at a toilet, and they've seen him... Um, or they filmed him putting something into his nose, allegedly. And uh, then they've taken it to the AFL, who have taken it to Collingwood. And then Jack, uh, to his credit, has come out and uh, admitted uh, what he's done. And the club and the AFL have sort of banded together and said he'll miss the, the next two practice matches and the first two games of the season. So effectively, a two-week ban um, to start the season off. Now, I wish I had a 30-second soundbite that I could just roll out that would summarize what the issue is and how to fix it. But the trouble is it's a complex problem. Mm. It's a young man who's, um, when I say, let's take Jack out of it. 19, 20, 21 year olds, uh, growing up and, and experimenting and doing lots of things. It's, uh, it's problematic and, and they are going to do it. And so there's two things you can do. You can try and support them through that, through that. And you can try and um, give them the tools to be able to not put themselves in that situation, which was, which was, it was in January after a, uh, a finish of a training block, and he went out drinking, and then drinking turned into what happened next. So that would be my advice: you've just got to make better decisions not to get into that situation. But at the same time, you can't just <clears throat> cut young people loose and say, uh, you know, that's so disgraceful and you're going to miss half the season and or, or whatever some people want more so it, it's a it's a very delicate balancing act because they're young men um and it's something that's reportedly quite prevalent uh for that demographic so how do we how do we deal with all of those things i, I just don't know what the answer is we will play for you after 7.30 this morning um, some thoughts and comments from our very own Nathan Buckley, former mm. Collingwood coach. And, and, and he, for me, once again, people will, people will ring up or text and say that I'm a soft touch and we need to be harder on these guys. But I think of all the commentary I've heard, Nathan's is probably, uh, for me, the one that made the most sense. And, and without stealing all his thunder, he basically said, if it was your 21-year-old son, how would you want it to be handled? How would you want him to be looked after? And and that's uh, – Nathan talked about he's got a son who's 16, I think it is. I have uh, children who are 22, 24, and 26, so I'm sort of right in that hitting zone. Um, so, yeah, so how would, you, how would you want it handled if it was someone close to you that you loved? And I think that's what you've got to try and do. And I think Collingwood and the AFL are walking that line, but – um, but it's this is going to be something we're going to hear more of as opposed to less of, I think, going forward. You can follow us on social media today. The poll we have put up, and I want a yes-no from you, Mark Bickley. Yes. It needs to be yes or no. Mm-hmm. The question we are asking today on Twitter, will David Warner return to test cricket, yes or no? 
No. <laughs> Whoa! What I you, like it. What do you think? No, I'm I'm just the co-host here. No, no. You, you stand out in the middle of the uh, the MCG, yes. the Adelaide Oval, and you you get the crowd revved up. You know the cricketers better than anyone else. You probably know David Warner. Can he come back? And and the next series is against England. Yes. Not super on the uh, on English soil in recent times. I feel there's a sweet irony in the fact that Cam Bancroft is mm. flying over to India to replace David Warner, and I think that that may be the last we see of him. There you go. So we agree. So yes or no? Yes. <laughs> 26 minutes past six. It's SENSA. We'll speak to you next. Good morning. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 29 minutes to 7. Good morning. We are here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We will speak to Ryan Harris about everything that happened in India over the weekend, just after 7.30, and also from Adelaide United. Mark Milligan, uh, well, it was an exhausting four-all draw against the Western Sydney Wanderers um, with a really disappointing injury to Josh Cavallo, whose season is over with an Achilles. So we'll get all the updates from High Marsh with Mark Milligan really soon. We'll have a chat to Annie next. If you want to give us a call, one 736 736 your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 24 minutes to 7. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for listening. You can also listen on the app if you're not doing that yet. Uh, and that way you can get in touch with us directly on the show. Send us a text. Give us a call, just like Annie has done on one 736 736 Good morning, Annie. Lovely to meet you on Friday night at Alberton. Oh, well, she it made my night. <laughs> well, the, the football was also pretty good. Oh yeah, it was good, but that was um, that was just a real treat for me. So at least now you know who I am, and uh, hopefully I'll look forward to meeting Bix at some stage. I can't wait, Annie. Um, Jared has said you were lovely, and and uh, and did he give you the time of day? How long did he chat with you for, Annie? Oh, about five minutes. Oh, good on but him. But he he was a he was a busy man, so mm. always um, is. Yes, exactly. So it was just it really made my my night and my weekend. So I just wanted to ring up and say thanks for popping down from the grandstand and, and coming to say hello. Now, Annie, what did you what caught your eye in terms of the game? Was there a player? Was there a, uh, a tactic? What did you like from Friday night? Well, I always love watching my fave boy Peps um, go about his mm. business, so that was exciting for me. Um, yeah, there was a few that caught my eye. Everyone's, uh, the media a lot have been saying, you know, Rioli and... Um, Jason Horn Francis were quiet, rah, rah, rah. But the one that really impressed me was probably something out of the blue. But young Jake Pasini, mm-hmm. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And I can't wait for him to hopefully make his debut at some stage. Yep, spot on. Annie, thank you very much there. A lot of people thought that Jake Pasini would have debuted last year if he didn't injure his knee. Yeah. So he's about. I think he's approaching 10 months back from that. So he's probably got a little bit more time left. But 
Good size. Well, I think he's about 193 centimetres. Defender, Port Need, a couple of those size defenders. If he can um, continue that rehab, get himself fit and strong, I think he, he'll debut. He's almost certainly uh, going to do that this year. What was pleasing watching Jake Pacini is there was a there was a moment in that first half where the uh, probables, the forward line consisted of Marshall, mm. Georgiatis, mm. Dixon. Yep. Fantasia. Yes. So it's big, big forward line, and he was just spoiling everything. So, and throw Rioli in there too. So, thank you so much for calling any 1300 736 736. We are here thanks to Nippies. You can quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. The weather's disgusting this week, Bix. Let's mm. be honest. It's really bad this week. Yep, warm. War, it's going to be it's w- hot. warm. <laughs> what's hot for you then? If it's 39, 40 this week, what's well, hot? Well, it's only going to be 35 today. I, I would think. Only. I would think hot is when we break the old century mark, which is, I think it's. Well, you want 100 degrees? Yeah, 38 point. Three, I think it is, or something along those lines. Okay. I grew up in Port Pirie. It was 45 up in Pirie sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about there. the world game. A lot <laughs> happened over the weekend. We're going to start off with our Matildas, who got a little bit, bit of revenge over Spain. Looking for an option. Courtney Vine on the right foot. Top corner. Courtney Vine. What a finish. Green cross again. Russo. The cross in towards Kerr. Got the initial header now, Polkinghorn, and that's two. Back-to-back goals for the record woman. Catley, in it comes, great ball, and this time it's three. Caitlin Ford. She just can't miss at the moment. And talk about a response. Australia three, Spain nil, 42nd minute. Just tell me, where was that played and in, ha- in front of how many people? It sounded like there's 100,000 people at the MCG. Seven, there were 17,000. It was uh, really big and revenge That's as awesome, well. Isn't it? Because the last time that we played Spain, we lost 7 0. Mm. So, uh, what this was over the weekend, it's called the Cup of Nations. So, yes. it's a really good warm up for the Women's FIFA World Cup. Um, so, as you heard, we scored all of those goals basically in the first half. Mm. And then uh, it, uh, Spain made their comeback for us. Um, all we now need is a draw against Jamaica and Newcastle on Wednesday night to clinch the Four Nations tournament. So um, this is great. Jamaica, prep- not one of the powerhouses. Of Absolutely the world. <laughs> not. So it would be really disappointing if we uh, managed to lose to them. But this is really good preparation for the Matildas heading into the World Cup, which starts in July. It's only a few months away. It's going to be and, enormous, isn't it? Yes. And to have some really good young players, but also Sam Kerr, she's always there. And, and Sam Kerr now is in the conversation, mm. you would think, is one of our best female athletes mm. of all time. Exactly. Yeah. What she's managed to done uh, do for the sport has been spectacular. So, Well, the other two scorers there as well, uh, Polkinghorn and Ford have been yep. around for a long time. So you've got that nice mix by the sound of it. Yeah, I feel that uh, the pressure is on the Matildas now, though, because we obviously, uh, we need to not just compete in this FIFA Women's World Cup. We need to be up there to mm. win it. And that would be fantastic to do it at home as well with a fully fit side. So Sam Kerr being fully fit. Um, that was great to see the Matildas do well. It was also fantastic to be at Cooper Stadium on Sunday afternoon. That was really warm there. Mm. Um for this is the way that the Adelaide United staff and uh, fans kind of looked at it. This is the response. If you were a neutral supporter at Cooper Stadium, you would have walked away going, that's the best thing I've ever Loved seen. It. Eight goals. As an Adelaide United fan, it is the most frustrating thing that I have been a part of because we were so close to convincingly defeating the Wanderers. Mm. And then 
They managed to score in the last second of the game. Here's some of the highlights. And then fight over the top. I think the referee's pointed to the penalty spot. Yeah. And today it's Hiroshi and Masuki. One big relief for the big Japanese striker. The end of a 10-game goal drought. Been a bit minutes of stoppage time played at the end of the first half. ball by the Englishman. Goodwin hanging it up. Igasuke. 3 3. What a game. Here in Kunda. Hangs it up. Sumovic trying to go for it. I drop here for Kito. Deflected in. Extraordinary. 4 3. Ryan Kito scores for the second game and scores for the second game. Thank you very much to Simon Hill there. So uh, you can hear the Adelaide United goals. This I'll give you the minutes in which the goals were scored, Bix, okay? The 32nd minute, Hiroshi Ibasuki gets that penalty. Mm-hmm. Craig Goodwin allows Hiroshi to take that penalty. And I believe that was a selfless captain's call so that Hiroshi could get a bit of confidence. Score. He hadn't scored in a while. Brandon Borello, South Australian boy, an incredible goal at the 46th minute. Then Alex Popovich scores in the 49th. So at that point, Adelaide United are leading 2-1 going into halftime. Mm-hmm. Moments after that goal, Zach Clough scores another, but it's called offside. Okay. So potentially it's 3-1 at halftime, but this one's called offside. We come back into the second half. Borello scores again to all. Then uh, Neuenhoff for the Wanderers scores. We are down 3-2. Hiroshi scores at the 67th minute. Then we are 3-all. Ryan Kiddo scores at the 79th. We are 4-3. Happy days. Happy days. We are good to go. Let's just park the bus. <laughs> and then uh, Leuni, who was making his me. debut. Don't tell me. 95th minute scores. 95th, 95th minute. 95th minute. And you know my love for Adelaide United. Yeah. Um, without trying to damage relationships that I have with the players in the club. Craig Goodwin and Louis Dorigo would be very disappointed with their defensive efforts for that, to allow that incredible goal to happen. But I felt that we were just trying to hold on to the match so we'd won it instead of actually continuing what Carl had said. I was nervous standing next to Carl Viet after that goal was scored because I feared for my life. You might have thrown something. He was very angry. Mm, I could understand that. You thought you had the three points, but you got away with one. Well, we could have been second clear on the table. Now we are third with a really important match against Melbourne Victory this weekend. And then we've got City at home. So it's they're two must-win games. We'll speak to Mark Milligan about that after 7 o'clock. But for the fans, it was great to see lots of goals. But... That was one that got away. Yeah, indeed. Uh, on another note, Riley McGree scored again. Is that yes, right? it's for... been it's been an interesting weekend for the Australians. Jackson Irvine also scored, and Mark Birgitti, who's over uh, playing for Dundee, mm. had one of the biggest mistakes you will see for a goalkeeper trying to clear the ball out. He managed to try and get the foot the ball on his foot. The striker who was going against him tackled him, scored the goal, and injured Mark Birgitti at the same time. Former Adelaide United goalkeeper. So mixed results for the Aussies. <laughs> It's just, it's such a thankless job, the goalkeeper. If you, yes. you can save 99 and then the 100th one, you make one mistake and then you, you find yourself on every sports bloopers reel going for the next 10 That years. one is on the bloopers reel already. <laughs> so uh, we can share that if we find it on social media. It is uh, quarter to seven on this Tuesday morning. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. Give us a call. one 736 736 We've got a sports update next on SEN. 
Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Nine minutes to seven. Good morning. We are here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Ryan Harris, not too far away, and Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. If you want to get involved in the show, you can listen on the app and you can send us a text directly from there or 0427 SENSA Breakfast Sports Update. Okay, let's start with some cricket and things are going from bad to worse for the Australian Test team with Josh Hazelwood set to join skipper Pat Cummins in flying home from India. Now, Cummins will fly home uh, from India due to a family illness. So with 10 days between the second and third test, uh, News Corp is reporting Cummins will fly home to Sydney before rejoining his teammates. News Corp's Peter Layla is reporting David Warner could also join the duo in flying home from India in order to recover from a fractured elbow injury he sustained during the first innings of the second test, putting his spot in the series for the remaining two tests well and truly up in the air. I think that's an understatement there. 15 wickets fell while we're on cricket at the Junction Oval in the Shield Clash between Victoria and South Australia. Matt Short, the only batsman to get on top of the bowling, he belted a half century with the Redbacks rolling the host for 169 runs by T. You would have thought that was great news for the Redbacks, mm. but unfortunately they lost any advantage that they had gained um, as... The top order tumbled. Fergus O'Neill, John Holland, Mitch Perry also all chipped in for some wickets to reduce the visitors to five for 75 at the close of play. So they're still trailing Victoria by 94 runs. So after bowling them out for 169, could possibly still be behind on the first innings. Wes Agar highlight taking five wickets for the Redbacks, which is good for Wes. Great result for him. And uh, and one final one on footy, of course. We know Port Adelaide and Adelaide are heading over West this week. West Coast star Oscar Allen is on track to play in the Eagles preseason clash against Port Adelaide. That'll be this Friday night. After being managed last week because of a minor hamstring concern, now Allen missed the whole 2022 season because of a serious foot injury. But he started pre-season four weeks early. The 23-year-old should be ready for Friday night's hit-out, which will take place over six quarters at Mineral Resources Park, which, of course, is West Coast's home ground. Keen to see both Adelaide and Port Adelaide, of course. Uh, Port playing West Coast, Adelaide playing Fremantle. Hitting out against uh, opposition, so much better than the internal trial. And will give, I think, um, both teams a better indication of where they sit. We had a text coming through. Are you covering the Sandful W? Friday night at Norwood was a great game. This is from Andrew, and it was a fantastic game with the reigning premiers, the Roosters, defeating the Red Legs by two points. Um, just in regards to that, North Adelaide's Jess Edwards is going to be on Sports Day SA tonight um, from 6.30 yes. with Paul Bonza and Dan Menzel. The other thing that I wanted to quickly mention as part of that was um, the NBA All-Star game yesterday. It had a lot of people talking after Super Bowl weekend, mm. then you focus on mm. the NBA All-Star. That's the worst game of basketball I've seen. Yeah, um, I heard uh, someone who knows basketball really well use one word to describe it. Junk. It was real junk. <laughs> and I, I don't know why it was more junk than normal because what normally happens with the all-star matches for the yeah, first three... Tell us three, about it. Well, the first three quarters, yep. um, it's a, a bit of fun. You see the players try to 
complete some crazy dunks and assists and just have a little bit of fun, shoot so, three-pointers so from think, everywhere. Uh, Ted Witten All-Stars. Definitely, game. <laughs> definitely. And then in the last quarter, yeah. it gets really serious mm-hmm. because I have a target set for the, the team that's leading to, to get to. Um, but it turned into Jason Tatum, who is a, a member of the Boston Celtics. He ended up claiming the MVP and an All-Star game record with 55 points. Mm-hmm. So 55 points in the match. But when yeah, you think about what it. What was the scores, by the way? Uh, the final score was one eighty four to one seventy five. So I mean, it's not how big was did they was the ring bigger or something? What were they doing? That was one of the highlights to see the three pointers that players like Damian yeah. Lillard and Jason Tatum and Donovan, uh, Donovan Mitchell were making. Yeah. But to show how comical it was, we had two team captains for the very first time. The all star teams were picked on the night. So LeBron James okay. had a team mm-hmm. and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Schoolboy uh, stuff. Definitely. The, the bad luck was that Giannis, because he's suffering an injury at the moment, he scored the first two points of the game and then fouled intentionally and then went off. Didn't see him for the remainder of the match. Mm-hmm. LeBron injured himself in the first half. He didn't see him for the second half. Yeah. So they were both gone. Um, so the whole weekend, I don't think, was a, a success. That I guess the only highlight was the dunk contest where a player from the G League who was just signed to Philadelphia actually had some really good dunks. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I don't think the spectacle was anything so, to be so desired yesterday. are they facing what AFL footy faced with State of Origin where it, it – gets to a point where some players don't want to play or there's criticism because all the good players aren't out on the park. You get this sort of situation where we're talking about it now saying, ah, oh, we're describing it as junk. It's meant to be the, the actual pinnacle where all the best players are playing against each other. How do they fix it? What do they, what do they need the to do? The game itself, the players want to play because it's a, it's a badge of honour to say when you are introduced how many all-star appearances mm. that you have made. The one is the dunk contest where players don't want to get injured. They don't want to participate. So the person that won the dunk, uh, the dunk contest, the dunk contest is a different contest altogether. Um, Mac McClung, his name is. Who? Exactly. So he has recently been signed to a two-way contract, which means he'll basically play in the NBA reserves in the G League. For winning the dunk contest, he won 100,000 US. Mm-hmm. That's more than he has made as a professional basketballer yeah. in one weekend, in one dunk, basically. So... Look, I'm, I'm an NBA purist, as you know. Um, I think a lot of work needs to be done because there were better dunks in-game by players who refused to participate in the dunk contest. Mm. Um, so I still love it, but I think there are a lot of disappointed NBA fans yesterday. We'd love to get your text, one 736 736 if you want to give us a call too. Um, we also had a text saying um, that we did a pretty good job on Friday night with both of our commentary picks, so that's fantastic. <laughs> no, um, Dracos says, I'm loving seeing the stumps cartwheeling out of the ground again. Mm. Uh, at the test? Well, a lot of, lot of players got bowled. Uh, that's not such a good thing if you're an Australian fan. That, that didn't happen. Uh, not too many of the Indian players had their stumps cartwheeling as often as the Australians. Uh, interesting one by Matt here says, Hi, guys. I know the Crows game is on Fox this Friday, but not the Port versus West Coast game. How can I watch as the club streaming this live, Walshie? Uh, Matt, I think I read this morning that KO might be uh, showing both games. So... Uh, you might be able to just check up on that, but and I think if they're in the absence of that, there would be some way of watching it. The club would make sure you could organise, but I'm pretty certain that uh, both Fox and KO are picking these games up. Yes, we have Ryan Harris not too far away. Uh, Michael sent us in a text saying Warner and Hazel would have flown home, so uh, Mitch Swepson and Cam Bancroft are their replacements. This is what Pat Cummins had to say after the loss on the weekend. Disappointing when we were, uh, you know, 
two for 80 or whatever we were. Um, you know, pressure was right on them. You know, we were ahead of the game, so to let that sleep is really disappointing. Um, yeah, that's. I think that'll be the review over the next few days. Is what we, you know, could have done differently. It's a yeah, similar story to last week in Nagpur. Wasn't easy. You know, Ashman and Jadeja were bowling well, but I think that'll be the review. You know, shot choice. Did we go about it the right way? And we'll work that over the next few days. I think both disappointing. I think you know this one in particular being um, you know probably ahead of the game um, for for a lot of it. Um, that, those opportunities don't come often in India, so you have got to grab them. So unfortunately, we missed this one. Um, so yeah, this one hurts. Ryan Harris will be fascinating mm. to speak to because he's uh, obviously knows what it takes to win over overseas, and um, he doesn't hold back with his opinions. Well, there's a couple of things here, um, and Pat Cummins said it himself: shot selection. Mm. You know his decision after the Aussies were collapsing and he comes out first ball and tries to hit it out of the park. People will be saying, what the heck is going on there? And then the thing that I think of instantly, after they collapse in the first test, the the, the overwhelming rhetoric and the commentary from the players was, oh, look, you know, we've got a lot of belief in ourselves. No need to panic. Uh, you know, everyone's saying, you know, like we're a disgrace, but we believe in ourselves. We'll bounce back. We'll come back. Well, they haven't. And I just wonder where you go to now and and the discussion around, oh, we didn't follow our batting plans, our shot selection, the way we collapsed. I just wonder, so so if you're the coach, do you pull out the big guns and, and are you really disappointed and do you give them a bit of a serve or do you think to yourself, well, I better not do that because that's what Jason Langer Justin Langer did. Jason's his brother, yeah. <laughs> That's what Justin Langer did. And and look what happened there. Or, or What do I do? Do I throw my arms around these guys? And and I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people that are just getting a bit flat with that whole decision around Justin Langer. And the other thing was Usman Khawaja is coming under some criticism because he was interviewed after the game and he talked about, oh, there's a lot of outside noise. We didn't execute well. And then he just said at the end, and I know it was a throwaway line, oh, well, that's just the way it goes. You know, and that was paraphrasing it. But it, it was a, just a nonchalant comment that mm. said that's the way it goes. And you get this sense that 90% of the Australian cricket supporters care more about it than what the players yes. do. Now, I know that's not true, but just the nonchalance a couple of times, and, and Maxwell did it after the, the World Cup exit. He said, oh, well, no, a tournament coming up. Like, yeah. there just doesn't seem to be the hurt, the care factor that we've all come to expect from an Adam Alan Border, a Steve War, a Justin Langer, a Matthew Hayden. And I think that is what is grading a lot of the, the Australian cricket public. Ryan Harris will break that down for us after 7.30 this morning. Next, we want to do a full analysis of the trial matches which occurred on Friday night for the Port Adelaide Football Club and the Adelaide Football Club. If you were there, if you watched the streams and you have your views, let us know. We'd love to get your opinion. one 736 736 It's SENSA. Good morning. Now on, get into your local independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Three minutes after seven. Good morning to you. Thanks for listening to SENSA, our number 1300 736 736. If you're listening on the app, you can get in touch directly with us. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Still to come on the show, Ryan Harris, to talk everything about the disaster over in India over the weekend and Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. Let's get into this, Bix. Agenda! were 
expert commentary, play-by-play on Friday night at the Adelaide Crows internal trial. I accidentally stumbled into the same at Alvord. And, uh, <laughs> great to have footy back, first of all. It was. Now, let's hope the people tune into the live stream. They really just wanted to see the pictures. They didn't want to hear from uh, uh, two amateurs like us trying yeah, to have some Have some respect. I mean... We're worse than amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So for varying reasons, we ended up doing some commentary there. They're not our preferred uh, way of going about it. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk footy because um, if you're a Crows fan, and about two and a half to 3,000 people rocked up to High Sense Arena there at Richmond. And uh, I think they were all very interested to see how Isaac Rankin would go. So big tick in that regard. He started forward kicked the, I might have kicked the first goal of the game, had two in the first quarter, uh, went on, did some really nice things. Uh, I reckon three of his goals were from the goal square, volleyed one off hands, took another great handle from Saligo, dodged around someone and walked into an open goal. So he ended up with five for the day. The other part about uh, his game was a lot of discussion around can he and will he go through the midfield and play there? He, along with uh, Joshua Shelley, spent a fair bit of time in at centre bounce. So going into the centre bounce, then sort of drifting forward, a little bit of uh, work around stoppage in the front half of the ground, so coming up and doing some work around the wing. So both Rankin and Rochelle were, were good in that regard in terms of just offering a little bit of extra zip and dart. They're both clean with the footy, so that was uh, good from Adelaide's perspective. The other guys through the midfield, Saligo, not as much as those two guys, but was around the footy at different stages. Uh, but it was generally Laird. Berry was in there a lot. Uh, Luke Pedler looked pretty solid as well. He looks like his body is finally going to stand up for him. And so he's one of the players that the Crow supporters have been waiting to see. Top so. 10 draft pick. Pick 10, I think he was, a couple of years back. Uh, same year as Sam Berry. Struggled with, I think he came in, he had an injured shoulder when he came in. Then he's had osteitis pubis and some groin issues. And he really hasn't been able to get himself right. Saw him in the build-up to the finals last year and play some really good work or good play for the uh, the Sandful team for Adelaide. But in that last final, pulled out because his groins were sore. So he's been able to get on top of that. He's an explosive player. He's got a booming left foot as well. So that was good. Really liked the work of Harry Schomburg. Gets the ball on the move at stoppage and, and he is super fit. I think the two fittest guys at Adelaide are Chase Jones and also Schomburg. And Schomburg started on the blue team, which was the strongest team. Then went to the yellow team, which was getting convincingly beat, and then actually stood out for the the yellow team, which was really hard to do. Chase Jones and Ned McHenry both started in the uh, possibles as opposed to the probables. So that shows a little bit with Adelaide how much uh, their depth is improving because now you've got Rankin and Rochelle as those two small forwards. Uh, McHenry's been squashed out and... Across half back, it was Hinge, it was Smith, it was uh, Jordan Dawson, those type of players who have squeezed Chase Jones out of the side. So uh, a little bit more depth for Adelaide. Jordan Dawson in his first game as skipper looked really cool and calm. There were a couple of periods where there were a lot of turnovers and the ball was bouncing back and, and uh, as it was pretty warm, as the players got tired, they made some really poor decisions. When the ball got in Jordan Dawson's hand, it just looked safe and secure and steady. 
And I think he's going to be a, a really good leader for Adelaide going forward this year. Had a, a text message come in there from uh, Darren of Craigmore saying, Friday afternoon, I flicked between the cricket in India and the Crows internal trial at Richmond. I couldn't believe how bad some of the skills were in both games. It was so frustrating to watch. <laughs> Is that something we come to expect with internal trials? Though I noticed that at Alberton on Friday mm-hmm. night where um, there were a lot of skill errors, a lot of turnovers that you probably wouldn't see in a, a standard AFL match, say in round 10 or 11, when, and probably umpiring decisions decisions for holding the ball or too high. There were, there were a lot of those skill errors, even in the defensive end. Yeah, what, what you have to remember, is a couple of things. One is it's their first real hit out in terms of games and, and you know, it's 100 minutes and generally the skills really dropped away. It was probably late in the third quarter or late in the first half. Players are fatigued. The other thing to remember as well is Adelaide probably had six or seven um, top-up players to, to pad out the teams. Of course, you need... You know, 18 players on the field, but you need four or five rotating on the bench as well. So you've got those top-up players, plus you've got players, you know, 30 to 44 on your list. So you don't see them in a normal AFL game, do you? Because they're not playing. They're not quite good enough yet. You know, let, let's talk about some of the, you know, young players that got drafted three months ago. And Max Michelini is a, a great example. Couldn't quite get a game, just fell out of Norwood's premiership side. So he's not quite at sample standard, yet three Months later, he's playing as a defender on Isaac Rankin. So mm. that's a massive step up. Um, and he is going to be a really, really good player. But, you know, to make that jump in such a short space of time, it's unrealistic to expect that he is going to be able to just walk into AFL level and just be comfortable and, and play and not make mistakes or not get beaten to the footy. So I think that's why some of those internal trials are scrappy. The other thing that happens is you know what the opposition are trying to do. You know they're trying to switch, so you cover the switch. You know their, where their hit spots are around the ruck, so you're all going to the same spot. So that's why I think everyone should really look forward to this week. You know, the Crows play Fremantle, Port Adelaide play West Coast. They don't know the hit spots. They don't know the, the areas that... Adelaide and Port Adelaide have been working on in terms of their ball movement. So we'll get a truer indication of where they sit. So Port Adelaide will take over their squad to Western Australia too. Um, some noticeable ab- absentees on Friday night were Zach Butters, who's nursing an injury. Um, Josh Sin, we spoke about Josh Sin all last week. He didn't play. He was doing laps around the boundary. Um, Charlie so he got Dick- a soft tissue injury, I think. Might yes. A slight hamstring. There were question marks over the fitness of Sam Pepper, but thankfully he played and, and Annie called in earlier saying she loved watching him mm. play. He treated it like it was a final. You could see the way that he, he <laughs> he's doesn't. Got he's got one gear, mate, yeah. and that's it. And he goes in. It was fantastic to watch, but some of the younger players to observe, we, we mentioned Miles Bergman. I really like the way that Jace Burgoyne played. He really mm. finished the season last so, year so well. Where, where did he play? What position? He was moving around the defensive area and then moved into the forward line a little bit, okay. but he just looks clean with the ball, um, especially his entry inside 50 for Port Adelaide. Um, without having Charlie Dixon playing in that second half, mm. To see the the growth, I think Todd Marshall was probably the best out of the forwards. Georgiatis was there. He um, th- There was a breeze at the northern end of Alberton, which was causing so many issues for every team um, kicking towards it. So um, there was a, a fair bit of inaccuracy. Marshall, though, was the standout for the forwards. Mm. Just interesting, on, on the accuracy, I just did some homework yesterday. I was looking at the two uh, Adelaide teams. Cause, so Port Adelaide finished 10th, I think it was, last year. So I looked at their their goal kicking and I think they went at about 52%. So they didn't kick very well. The year before they went at about 55%, but the year before they finished second on the ladder at the end of the minor round, I think it was, uh, and they had 504 shots at goal. How many shots do you reckon they had at goal last year? 
So they finished 10th. So they've dropped out of the eight, outside the top four. Tell me. 501. Three less shots. That's all they had. So Wow. So it, it's not a whole huge amount of ground they have to make up. Their defense was last year was pretty sound as well. I think it was still in the top six defensively in, in the competition. So there was a lot of games where, uh, you know, even against the top teams, I just wrote them down. They lost to Collingwood by six points, Geelong by 12, Melbourne by 14, Freo by eight, Richmond by 12, Carlton by three, Brisbane by 11. So they're the, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that finished above them last year that effectively lost by under two goals. So this is my theory around they don't have to improve a whole lot to make up three goals and you win five of those games yeah. and all of a sudden instead of winning 10 games, you win 15 games and you're, you know, you're in the arguably fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe even higher. So, so that, and, and they've got an extra home game this year or both teams do because of the, the gather round. So Port Adelaide, I think a bit more organized this preseason in terms of injuries. Uh, one would hope if you're a Port fan, a little bit hungrier, they're coming off a disappointing season uh, and they should be looking to atone. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Who else caught your eye of the younger guys that perhaps haven't played a whole lot of footy? Michael sent us in a text saying the Crows' internal trial was defunct of any defending Port's trial while Scrappy was more intense. It certainly was intense. In the last quarter, we saw um, a few little skirmishes. Dan Houston was involved in one and Todd Marshall as well. There was a couple of Port Maggie's boys playing mm-hmm. um, to fill up those spots. But interestingly enough, the surnames of those players, you think about the, uh, the future of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Montgomery, Franco, Burgoyne, mm. all part of that fantastic there's, 2004. <laughs> there's also a Mead in there, of course. Certainly, Jackson yeah. Mead was there. Um, look, impressive for me was I feel that there was a sense of anticipation to watching Jason Horn Francis, who was really mm. quiet, but he showed what he could do bursting out of the packs. And there's, there's vision on the Port Adelaide socials of him throwing a couple of players onto the ground. Junior Rioli... As quiet as he was, he didn't kick a goal. He still played a part in a few goals for Port Adelaide. Yep. Um, and Arazio Fantasia, I think, was the most pleasing because he got through the four quarters. So we think, how are we going to fill that role of Carl Amon? And it's very unusual to watch a Port Adelaide match without Robbie Gray. Yeah. But you can see Rioli and Fantasia, if they both manage to stay fit throughout the season, I think we'll be okay. And just on that text message, I, I think if you uh, looked at the, the possibles for Port Adelaide, I think they would account for the possibles of Adelaide. I think Adelaide's top end is getting better and better. And they've, you know, they bring in uh, Rankin and, you know, Dawson the last couple of years. And you've got Rochelle and Saligo and, and Schomburg, I think, are going to improve. And that improves their top 25. I still think they drop away a little bit quickly. And so you've got some blokes on the back end who I think Port's depth is greater. And so potentially Port's second side could put more pressure on and could be. Uh, more competitive than what the Crows' second side was. And that was evident really early when Adelaide's best team, I think it might have been seven or eight goals to one at quarter time. So then they they flipped things around a little bit and they changed the scoreboard to try and replicate a few things. But I just feel like, um, for example, the, the, the golf between the first and, and the best forwards with Walker and and uh, Fogarty and Rankin who were playing there against the, the second best defenders for Adelaide was just it was a golf. Whereas um, uh, I would have preferred if Adelaide had have played their first choice defenders on their first choice forwards. I reckon that would have been 
uh, more interesting to have a look at. Just wanted to quickly touch on the ruck stocks for Port Adelaide as well before we head to Mark Milligan. So that's probably been an issue over the past couple of seasons when Scott Lysett has been injured. Where do the power go? Is it Dixon? Is it Finlayson? Um, the pleasing thing on Friday night was to see uh, Bryn Teekle starting in the ruck for the possibles. Or the prob- probable, sorry. 204 centimetres. Yep, Bryn. and then uh, Dante Vicentini. That also puts pressure on Sam Hayes, who didn't feature as much last season. So now they have options, which I think would be really pleasing for Ken. The, the development of Vicentini was really uh, on show on Friday. He kicked the first goal of the match, but also provided a lot. He's put a bit of size on too. Just with uh, Dante Vicentini, I, I know he's... 202 centimetres at Ruckman. Does he play anywhere else? Does he catch it up forward? What's just He was he was playing a little bit up forward yep. too. So I think they'll position him as a forward Ruck. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked confident and he was presenting and holding onto the ball too. So um, for power fans, Bryn Teekle in that first game that he played last season was injured Before by half time. Um, yeah, I think it's good that you don't rely on Scott Lysett to do that. So if you were there, Port Adelaide fans or at Richmond for the fans of the Crows, let us know. 0427 154 166. We need to head to Mark Milligan from Adelaide United because they are coming off a fascinating four-all draw over the weekend. We are here thanks to Tyre Power. Big holiday sale now on, and we'll do that next on SEN. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 22 minutes past seven. Good morning to you. We are here thanks to MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. It was... Frustrating, to say the least, on the weekend as an Adelaide United supporter, especially in the 95th minute where we thought we had the three points and had locked away a second position on the A-League table. But it wasn't meant to be, Bix. We said if you were a neutral fan at Cooper mm. Stadium, you would have said that was the best game of football you've seen. I believe that Adelaide United would see it a little bit differently as we say good morning to Mark Milligan. Now, last time we spoke to you, Millsy, you were watering your garden and your grass. What are you doing this morning? No, no. Today I'm actually working, mate. I'm I'm in here on video, getting ready for the re- the review that we have this morning. And uh, yeah, it's um been a, a tough couple of days, I think, reliving that result. Mm. I, ha- having done that before, you're doing the review. You're getting out, and there's literally, you know, there's 30 seconds to go. You're still in front. You're pulling your hair out, saying, "How did we lose that?" And I guess you've looked at that last probably 30 seconds a number of times. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, obviously we very much stick to the process in reviewing the game and, and look very much at the at the uh, performance, not not the result. But this has been very difficult to do that. <laughs> so it's um, you, you're sort of I've, I've got to a point where I'm very much nitpicking at stuff. So hopefully I'm all over that before I have to sit down in front of the boys. <laughs> now, now, just one quick one, Mark. When I used to review a game and we lost. I'd end up uh, eating half a tub of ice cream and about three bags of chips. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you sort of uh, chill out when the, when the blood pressure's rising when you're watching those? Yeah, games? I'm not going to lie. My missus was was at the shops last night. To text me and did a little Macca's run on the way home. So <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... Comfort food. <laughs> what happens when you review the game today, Millsy? I I know that a lot of it comes down to that that last play and that that goal from Leuni where if we scored that, it would have been one of the goals of the season. But we can't talk about that because it was from a, a Wanderers player. But does that come down to a defensive lapse or the player's mentality trying to hold on to that three points instead of just focusing till the, the final whistle goes? 
Um, yeah, I think a little bit of all of that sort of comes into play. But, you know, first and foremost, when we're looking at it, I'm looking at, uh, you know, our principles and our philosophies in in terms of, uh, you know, where, where's our back four uh, body position in um, or not just the back four, but our midfielders as well on the edge of the area. Are our starting points correct? And look, you know, no one else is listening. So between me and you, I think, you know, the heat comes into play as well. It makes it hard, hard. That decision-making becomes harder. But but that's what they get paid to do. That's when these decisions and these philosophies really uh, sort of uh, are important. And that's why we work on them day-to-day for moments like this. So, look, we fell a little bit short. and But, uh, look, it can't take anything away. The effort that they put in and I think the show that they put on for the crowd at the end of the day was, um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be too critical of them. We have had a, a really interesting couple of weeks where lots of goals have been scored and the, the win against Western United was fantastic. And then this one on the weekend against the Wanderers, it really makes the game against victory so important this coming weekend. Yeah, it does. It's a massive, massive game for us. Obviously, we would have liked to put a little uh, bit of daylight, I guess, between us and you know the, the chasing pack on the weekend. Uh, wasn't to be, but another a big opportunity. Um, it's a big round, obviously the Pride round with victory at Amy Park. Um, they they're coming off a fantastic result. So mm. look, I think that's I think that's good for us. I think um, you know we we want victory at their very best, so that when we take points, it, it, there's no there's no excuses. Yeah, it's always a, a showcase game, and unfortunately. Uh, Josh Cavallo uh, sustained a, a serious injury. He's, uh, he snapped his Achilles from all reports. Yeah, they're, they're obviously still having a look at that. And look, he, he's had his first start in, in, a, in a while. And, uh, you know, he was outstanding uh, for us. You know, we, he's very well known for, for his work rate. And, you know, he's got some fantastic engines and gets around the pitch. But I think tactically on the weekend um, in that centre mid role for us, it was very important. He was very important, so look, it's never, never nice to see. And um, you know, we, we all just hope that uh, you know the best result comes over the next few days, and uh, I'm sure he'll get looked after fantastically. Now, before we let you go, Mark Milligan, I continually tell you that we're very grateful to have you at Adelaide United. But there has, over the past 24 hours, a coaching position has opened up at Brisbane with Warren Moon being told to pack up his bags and say, "See you later." Please tell us that that doesn't mean that you are putting your hand up for the senior gig in Queensland. <laughs> Because it's, look, let's be honest, the, the weather there is disgusting. It's really humid and we'd love to keep you at Adelaide United. So please just make us stress less. No, oh, mate, it took 18 years for my missus to get back to Adelaide. <laughs> I, I like being married. So. No, we love that, mate. Well, hey, good luck. This weekend's going to be massive and not just for, for what happens on the pitch too. It's the, the Pride game, which is brilliant, an incentive driven by Adelaide United. And then we come back here on the 3rd of March against... Melbourne City, which is going to be another test, the top of the table team. So all the best, Mark, and uh, thank you very much for your time, as always, on SENSA. Talk to you soon. Thank you. See you, Mark. Really good to speak to him, and I think it's a watch this space as well because over the past few weeks, a South Australian has come back to Australia after coaching in Japan, a former Mm -hmm. assistant coach of Adelaide United by the name of Ross Aloisi. I think I know who you're talking about, yes. You would think his phone would be ringing. He's already had experience at Brisbane. Um, He's he's served a long apprenticeship, hasn't he, and uh, spoken – with good regard by everyone you speak to in the industry. Yes. So I think that that will happen, Mm. but I might be incorrect.
Speaking of incorrect, before we uh, go into the news, we had a text coming through from Rob who said 2021 was shorter quarters COVID, so can't compare goals per year because you were doing that for the Port Adelaide Football Club. What happened in 2021? I don't think that was COVID. I think COVID was 2020, the shorter years. So, Rob... Stand corrected. Uh, you, I, I might be. I might still be wrong, but I just thought 2021 yeah. were back to normal. You've quarters. lifted. You've lifted because you're right. <laughs> it's 28 minutes past seven on SCNSA. We are here thanks to Tire Power. Big holiday sale now on. Good morning. Tire Power best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Twenty-six minutes to eight, going for thirty-five degrees today. Thirty-eight tomorrow, thirty-nine on Thursday, thirty-eight Friday. Uh, you certainly will need to quench your thirst with nippies this summer. And next, we are going to talk about how hot it is over in India with the Australian cricket team coming under fire again. Ryan Harris to give us all the details on SENSA. Your local tyre power save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 22 minutes to 8. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Footy is back. Both of our sides in Western Australia this week, Bix. We've got a lot of texts coming through on 0427-154-166 before we get to Ryan yeah, Harris. a couple of them are at the varying ends of the spectrum. This one, first of all, says, uh, guys, both games were lacking. Skills and intensity were nowhere near a normal game, but I've just listened to 10 minutes talking up Port, and their game was terrible. Come on, Jared. Sell your PAFC media manager story to the members. Not quite sure what that last sentence means. Maybe he thinks you're the cheerleader for Port Adelaide. Anyway. No, that, that's Daniel Norton who was also doing the stream, who uh, physically choked on an almond or a pecan <laughs> during the third quarter and pecan. spoke about the importance of the toilet block yeah. at Alberton. Anyway, the next one uh, says, Good morning, gentlemen. Was down at the Mecca on Friday evening for the Port Adelaide internal. Despite the match not living up uh, living up to any great heights, Rioli and, and Fantasia were both shining lights for me. Without being perfect, you can see how damaging they will be in that forward line. And Georgiades was also seeing them well. I cannot wait for round one. That's Ben from Martin. So Ben is a little bit more glass half full and our uh, first uh, text is a little bit more glass half empty. So after the matches on Friday night, uh, we both went home to our respective homes. I sat on the couch and I thought I'm going to watch the uh, final session of day one of the test match and everything's going to be fantastic. And, well, there wasn't much to uh, to be celebrating after that. The Australians going down again to India in the second test and uh, India have retained the Border Gavaskar Trophy to talk us through it and where to from here. We have former Australian fast man Ryan Harris on the line. Thanks for joining us again on SENSA, Ryan. No, nice to chat again, guys. Now, Ryan, um, before we give you our thoughts, how, how do you sum up <laughs> what has happened, uh, particularly in that last test, I think after the first test, uh, the rhetoric coming out of the, the team was, mm. everyone take a deep breath. Let's not panic. We're going to back ourselves in. There's a lot of belief in this group. How do you how do you respond now when uh, pretty much it was a carbon copy uh, collapse in the in the second innings? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because I, I think I think they still have that mentality. You have to, um, it, it, you know, we, we obviously saw a bit of panic in that second innings, mm. but they've still got to have the belief that. Um, and I've heard lots and lots of commentary over the last twenty four hours and you know, from different media organisations that um, calling for everyone's head. It's, it's, um, I think we just got to cut, we have to calm down a little bit. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a bloody tough place to play cricket over in India. There's no doubt about that. Um, 
they would have gone away after that first test and and tried to work on a few different things um, or lots of different things and and then you know which which was working I guess in the first innings um, but then then obviously that that debacle on the second innings happened again so it's a it's a look they've got to have belief now you know again I've heard Andrew McDonald and even Paddy Cummins talk about having to draw a series and we can't but we can't believe we're talking about draws and. We've got to show some respectability mm. and, 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 and literally do have to try and draw that series, which I know it seems a long way from where we are, but um, to, to get something out of that trip, um, if we get down 4-0, that, that's, that to me is more of a disaster than, you know, we're 2-0 down, yes, but yeah, to go 4-0 down, if that was to happen, um, that's when you sort of sit back and go, right, there needs to be some sort of review happened here where... You know, look at look at. Um, did we pick the right squad? Mm. They probably have. Um, but you know, did we did we get our preparation right? And, and what can we do differently again next time? It's not the first time that that we've lost the series in India, and we've won one in such a long time. Um, you know, it is a hard place to go and play. So we need to we need to probably address that and work out how we're going to make, get better next time. Yeah, and and you might be able to correct me, Ryan. And I think we once again I'm an outsider looking in, and mm. you look at uh, once again. Preparation, people would say you went over there, they didn't play a, 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 a preparation match beforehand. Yeah. There's been the, the uh, Ashton Agar selection to go over there, then they've flown other people in and, and sort of leapfrogged over the top of him. You've got players now going back to Australia. It just feels as if it's not as organised as what we've come to expect from the, the highly professional you know, Australian cricket team. Yeah, and I have, again, I'm, I'm an outsider too now, so I'm not, I'm not mm. in that in a sanctum, but. But you're spot on when you say that. And um, I actually happen to be in Sydney at the moment with Darren Lehman doing a team uh, for Queensland. And we, we've had a lot of discussions over the last couple of days. He knows more than anyone how mm. organised um, these tours probably they need to be. And, and you're right, from the outside, it seems a bit messy. There's players going here, there and everywhere, which um, there's got to be some reasons why. I mean, there's got to be a reason why Ashton Agar isn't playing. Um, you don't take a bike over there mm. uh, uh, and not playing, and then bring a guy into elite club. That 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 to me, uh, and I'm a bit old fashioned. That doesn't happen. <laughs> it hasn't happened uh, too many times in the past, unless he's got an injury. But if he's got an injury, he would have come home, and he's yep. not. So that's a good question. Um, but again, it's it does. It seems a bit. Um, it seems a bit funny with the way all things are going, and, and it sounds like there's a few players going home, um, coming home. Obviously, um, you know, Pat, um, Paddy Cummins coming home for personal reasons, but David David Warner and, and Hazelwood are coming home for injuries. Mm. Um, and it sounds like there might be a couple more. Now, they've got 18 players. 18 players on a tour is a lot. So whether they're sending players home that I think aren't going to take any part in the series and potentially play some cricket back here, that's, that, that's obviously the reasoning behind that. Maybe. I don't know. Again, I'm not in it. But it does seem to me, like you say, a little bit disorganised for, for, an, for an Australian tour, absolutely. Ryan, would you say that David Warner's injury has uh, probably allowed the selectors not having to make what could be a really difficult decision and that would have been leaving him out for the third test? Um, yes, <laughs> it, it, it definitely, um, I think had that feel to it. I, I think, um, you know, who knows, he might've come out and, 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 um, you know, he got some runs in that second innings, the, the, the way the innings went, but it may not have happened that way either. So it, it probably has saved them for now to make, making that decision. I guess going forward is now, if, you know, someone does come in and, uh, whether that is Travis Head or, or Matt Renshaw, or that, I mean, let's talk about Cam Bancroft going over there as well. Um, you know, if someone does come in and, and manage to be, you know, well, hopefully they are <laughs> successful, then that, that's going to be a tougher conversation down the track because there's no doubt we know that David Warner's, um, you know, getting getting on. He's 36, I think, now. And um, now there's going to be, you know, that stage in the next, I think, 12 months where 
he's probably going to have to look at where he's at and, and, and the team as well. And his performance has been okay. He's had that one big score in the summer uh, here, but the rest haven't been too 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 great. So um, that's going to be an interesting conversation, especially in England, coming to England as well. I know I know he was determined to go to England. He hasn't had a great time in England the last little bit. So that's another tough place for him to play. So we'll, that, that, that's going to be an ongoing discussion going forward, I'm sure, for, for George Bailey and selectors. We've heard audio from Pat Cummins after the loss. We heard audio from Usman Khawaja where, to the media, they seem to be um, almost saying, you know, that's cricket, we just need to move on. Is that is that different behind the scenes? You've had experience playing for the national team <laughs> where you put on a front to the media and say it's okay, but I guess the... The, the question being asked by a few fans is, is that a representation of the mentality of the Australian team? Are they disappointed enough in what is actually happening in India at the moment? Yeah, no, that's not, that's absolutely not right. There's no way. I've, I played in a team that we got by up to 47 in South Africa. And that was, a, again, you get to these points in, in certain games and series, obviously they're big series um, and everyone jumps off the deep end and we don't care and, um, they're, they're not they're not playing for the cap, and that's absolute garbage. These guys would be absolutely hurting over there. They'd they'd be embarrassed. With, they'd be embarrassed themselves. Um, they, they'd be, you know, as I said, going into this tour, there was some there was some really good positive talk around um, this squad and 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 the experience that they had there last time, and and you know, so they'd be absolutely ripped apart that this has happened again. Um, but there's no way that they'd be sitting back and just uh, well, it's just another. It, it, Yes, maybe it is a bit of the rhetoric. Oh, it is a bit of a, you know, it is another game of cricket. We've just got to move on. But there's, you know, obviously now they've had two extra days to, to debrief it. Um, they're supposed to be playing still. Um, they'd be sitting back talking, you know, what, what are we going to do better and looking at footage, um, trying to trying to you know combat the way Ashwin and Jadeja, they're the ones obviously doing a bit of the damage. How are they going to bowl? So they've just got to, they'll be finding ways. I think that it sounds like they've got some days off over there. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the batters are actually batting on those days off. So there's no way you can sit there and say they don't care. Um, and I hear, I've heard that a lot over the last 24 hours, which is absolute garbage. Um, these guys are playing for their country. They love it. And again, when performances like this happen, there's no way you sit back and go, oh, it's all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. You've got to, you, you work hard to get over it. And, and as we know, like I said before, it's a, it, it's a, and there's no excuse, but because we should be better at it. Um, we, we don't play well. We haven't played well over there for so long. So this is not an easy, easy task. Um, we've just got to, what we've got to do now, we're going to finish this test series well and then go for, going forward, we need to find out how we're going to get players, young players back over there learning how to play in these conditions. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the most important question of the whole interview, were, tell us some more details about you and, and Buff Lehman catching up. Where were you? What were you doing? Having <laughs> <laughs> a beer? We were sitting, well, it may, may include a couple of beers uh, watching the disaster on, uh, on Sunday. We, that we would have been colourful at times, I would have thought. Yeah, it is. It's interesting watching with him. Um, <laughs> obviously, I've known Buff for a long, long time. Um, I've seen him get angry a lot. Um, he was angry on Sunday, and we, we, we both were, to be honest, mm. and seeing it the way we, you know, we 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 got we flew into Sydney. We're in here for a second, and go for Queensland against New South Wales. We flew in, did all our team stuff, and we're really excited to go sit down and watch what was hoping, what we were hoping to, to, to be a really successful day for Australia. The way we started off in that second innings, and um, yeah, the way it went, it, it was obviously it was we were shattered, um, and, and so were the other people in the pub watching it. It was it was quite amazing to see how people. We're reacting. Ryan, we appreciate your time as always on SENSE. Fantastic uh, insight into what's going on around uh, in the world of cricket. So hopefully at the end of the third test, we can speak to you and everyone's going to be happier. 
Yeah, let's hope that happens. And let's, I know it's tough. We've got to get behind him. <laughs> We've got to get behind him and help and give him support. So thanks again, guys. No, he's always good to speak to Ryan Harris as well. On SENSA, we are here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Because I want you to start having a think about your Optus Yes moment because we had some big moments over the weekend. Yep. We'll get to that in a few moments' time. Great business starts with Yes. It's 11 minutes to 8. Good morning. On. Get into your local, independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Six to eight on this Tuesday morning. Send us a text 0427154166 for getting involved with the show. You have the chance to win a Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at $59.95, a Signet Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. It's time for our Yes Moments. Yes. 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 I think we should probably change that intro. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's six minutes to eight in the morning. Um, you can search Optus Business or call our dedicated business team today. We find a couple of yes moments from across the weekend or yesterday. Bix, what have you got? Well, I'm going with a preemptive yes moment, and that is because I am hoping Cam Bancroft, who, as we know, is the leading Sheffield Shield batsman this season, with David Warner coming home on a plane on his way home from India, I'm hoping that Cam Bancroft is going to jump on the kite, get over to India and open the batting for Australia. It's a moment of redemption for him. And the irony, of course, um, is that he's potentially replacing David Warner, who yeah. is, uh, for want of a better term, his partner in crime, so to speak, um, in South Africa. So I hope that he does get another opportunity. He's worked really hard. He's been in great form. He deserves it. We know that Steve Smith and Warner have both made their way back into the side. Why not Cam Bancroft? So, yes, from me. It's a good news story for him, isn't it? Because there would have been times, and he's spoken publicly about it, where that moment would have been the end of his international career. He would have thought. Doesn't deserve to be. No, absolutely not. Mm. And, and considering that um, Warner and Smith continued on after their ban, so mm. um, to see that would be fantastic. My yes moment, great business starts with yes, is the Adelaide Thunderbirds. So on Sunday they had their fan day and one of their preseason matches against the New South Wales Swifts, and they had a very good victory, but they were really impressive. So the Adelaide Thunderbirds have missed out on finals for the past couple of years, and mm. we're, we're craving success. It's the 10th anniversary uh, of, uh, sorry, 10 years since their last premiership in 2013. And the good thing about the squad this year is there's only been two players that have been added. So uh, Lucy Austin comes in, Some a young South Australian shooter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And one of the players that was incredible on the weekend is from uh, the UK, English international, Eleanor Cardwell. She's a fantastic goal shooter too. So mm. if Sunday was anything to go by and it was sold out at Netball SA Stadium, it's going to be a really good year for the Adelaide Thunderbirds. And historically, we have been such a strong netball state yes. from way, 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 way back. And we sort of fell off the perch and lost our way a little bit, ended up down the wrong end of the ladder. It feels like we're building back to where we should be. There were a couple of seasons ago where the Thunderbirds would have been satisfied with one win mm, in a season right. because we had that's a season. A yeah. We had a winless season. Um, two years ago, we would have been satisfied with mixing it with the best in the competition, but mm. now we can be the best in the competition. So this is, I think uh, the last year of Tanya Ops, the head coach's mm. um, final contract. Um, so look, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, it's looking good for the Thunderbirds. Here's a question without notice. 
the netball, will it be included in the 2032 Olympic Games? That's what the push is for the Gold Coast. Now, there's one big caveat on this. To be included in the Olympic Games, you have to be a sport that is played by both sexes, men and women. Yes. And so there is a push for men's netball to get up and running. For that purpose. For that purpose. Now, I want you to do a little bit of homework on that. Come back to me. I think you would be an excellent goal shooter, maybe a goal attack. I, and, my preferred position is goal attack. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, have a little, little look around. There might be some leagues that are popping up. I think you could do some really big things and could be headlining Australia's Olympic team in 2032. On the I'm goal 39. Course. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'd make the Masters team. Tom Brady. (laughs) So what you're saying is... Roger Federer. (laughs) So I haven't played uh, sport professionally before, but as a 39-year-old, you are suggesting, Mark, that I could make the Australian team. Yeah, you could make your Olympic debut. How disrespectful to the men playing netball (laughs) who have trained their lives that I could actually get... You're a fit 39-year-old. Yeah, but I can't jump, I can run, and that's it. And I can't shoot. Oh, well. I'm just saying, you got how many years? (laughs) 2032, you've got nine years to get us sorted out, Jared. We are going to put the spotlight on a controversial figure in the AFL next. His name is Jack Ginnivan. Yeah, good. Um, Yeah, just obviously spoke on Saturday. So don't have much to say apart from everyone knows that I'm pretty sorry and uh, remorseful for the actions that I did. And uh, ready to get to work today and uh, earn the trust back of the group. Yeah, just utterly disappointed in myself. Um, Feel like I've let... 44 of my best mates down, um, the club, 100,000 people. So for me, I'm so remorseful. I'm so sorry for that. Uh, no, not at that time. Uh, now I reflect, I do. Um, but yeah, when I walked into the bathroom, I didn't think someone would be videoing me. Um, it's obviously a private place, and um, I know that I can imagine anyone else getting videoed in a bathroom and feel pretty uncomfortable. Yes, um, yeah, it was a struggle to get my words out. Um, he's put so much trust in me. In the last year, um, he's always had my back in the media, anywhere. Um, so to, yeah, hurt him like that is going to be a challenge to overcome. But I know he loves me um, and I love him and we're going to hopefully move past it. So there's uh, a fair bit going on in regards mm. to Jack Inovan. We hear from Darcy Moore too. And we want to do a deep dive into this next because it's, it's not a very simple issue of what's occurred um, at the Collingwood Football Club. He's suspended for the first two games of the season. Before we go to the news, we've got a text coming in um, saying that Bancroft has already played test cricket since Sandpaper Gate in the Ashes and was dropped again. That's from Michael Biggs. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Michael. Uh, wasn't aware of that. Uh, Should have. But hopefully... When we talk about redemption, we talk about him coming back in, picking up his career and hopefully having a, a long and fruitful one. But thanks for the text, Michael. We are here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. Get into your local, independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Two minutes past eight, if you've just tuned in. Well, thank you. We are on 1629 and on the SENSA app too. one 736 We just spoke to Ryan Harris about the Australian cricket team and Mark Milligan in regards to Adelaide United. Both of those chats will be on our podcast. We podcast daily and we have some exclusive stuff in the podcast too. We get to know Mark Bickley a little bit at the start of it. People so- don't want to know about that. Uh, I think a lot of people... I've noticed <laughs> that you've shaved. The goatee's gone. What's happened there? No, well, I just... Didn't look great. Let's be honest. Got a bit of feedback from a few people saying. I thought it looked all right. You think so? Yeah. Back, okay. A bit more youthful, perhaps. No, not that. I just think <laughs> it looks good. Let's go into the SEN spotlight. 
if the button works. Oh, yeah, it works now. I think that your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. So we have a touch screen here in mm. Studio Lumo, and sometimes I get sweaty fingers because you make me nervous. I'm here with the dual premiership captain of the Adelaide Crows. So the touch screen doesn't work, and I just have to basically hit the monitor. You need a towel. Thank you. A little sweat rag, you know, like down there. You can wipe, you know, when you go to the gym, you have your little towel. Yeah. Maybe that's what you need. Okay, well, I'll bring one in tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we are talking about Jack Ginevan. We, we played uh, his conversation stage managed by the media, um, which occurred over the weekend. But he is in the news again after being filmed with uh, an alleged substance in a bathroom, which is mm. a strange conversation in itself, Bix. Well, it is. And look, I, once again, we had this conversation right off the top of the show, so you may have missed it earlier on. But it, it's such a, a difficult conversation to have because he's a young man. There are certain standards that we have as a society that we want to try and uh, adhere to. You've then got this... Another layer of he, he he's a he's an AFL footballer who so many so many young people look up to. Then there's the role of the AFL. How strong should they be with any sanction? Along with the the Collingwood Football Club, and the, and a great text message from Brett who said, "I don't condone drug use, but can an organised body, being the AFL, suspend a person for something they've done in their private lives and not on the playing field or or an organised AFL space?" That was from Brett. Brett, they can because when you sign a contract, you sign a, a, a code of conduct basically that says you won't bring the game or the organisation into disrepute. There's there's a whole range of um, behavioural standards in that. So when you do something like this, you break the law, uh, then th- those uh, behavioural standards are breached. And it's a bit like a politician is held to higher regard or a police officer or if you're in the mining industry and you were to you know, be caught doing drugs, you know, and you, you, you use heavy machinery, all those things. A lot of different organisations, you know, wouldn't allow that to go on. So that's how they can do that. But I think the big question is here is, is the debate that it's created in terms of what should happen to a young player when, they, when this situation occurs. A two-match ban, is it enough? Is the AFL uh, illicit drug policy strong enough? And I'm not sure there's a simple answer, Jared. Let's have a listen to what Nathan Buckley had to say. Then I wanted to ask you some questions, which uh, I feel that people who are completely against the suspension for numerous reasons would be asking. Here's Nathan Buckley. Now, it is every individual's choice what they do and what they do not do, unless it affects other people. When it affects other people, you've got to consider more than yourself. Now, we'll all have different thresholds on what we think is acceptable and what isn't, and what is fair and what isn't. And what is risky and what isn't, but when you when other people are involved, and in this case, it's an it's a it's your as he said, his forty four teammates who are who are influenced and and dragged into it as a result. Now he did it with his non apparently with his non AFL mates, and and apparently we know the substance, and apparently like these are I think there were some players. There's there. still a lot of things that was that are supposed in this. Mm. Jack made a, a, an error in judgment. He's owned it. There's a social consideration in all of this. When I think about Jack and I think about the situation that he's in, I I think about, like, I've got teenage sons, 16 and 14, and Mm. and they are going to make blues as Mm. they go along. Okay, so that is Nathan Buckley on SEN with Kane Corn. So, Bix, Mm. 
Uh, we read as a, a member of a game day presentation, I get sent the forms and the education in regards to the AFL and their illicit drugs policy. Yes. So mm-hmm. I still need to sign off on that at the start of every season to say, I know the rules and I know the consequences. Yep. So every player, every staff member will be doing that. That is the same with uh, discrimination, with gambling. All of the education is there. Respect and responsibility to women. So the players are receiving that information. They are going through a questionnaire, which you get quizzed at the end of it. If you get it, if you don't get 100%, you have to do the quiz again. Then they are still making these decisions. So there is a, there's a section of society who are saying, he's a 20, 21-year-old kid. This is what happens in society, and we would be naive to think it doesn't. In any other place of work, if you sign a contract that says you are not able to do something like this, there is a chance that you won't have a job after that. So why is it different in the AFL? Well, there's, there's three or four questions in that to unpack. Um, the one, and Nathan talked about, he's a, a young man and you think about what that looks like. If that was my son, how would I want that handled? And I think we, we have to uh, have some leeway. Yes, there's going to be a penalty, which there, there has been, but we've also got to take him on the journey and unpack what were the things that led up to that. Now, it was in January... It was the end of a training block and they they then go to a pub with some mates and then they drink lots of alcohol and then it leads to that. So I think I'm, I'm more inclined to try and support Jack as a young player with his, this is his first blemish as you know, to my knowledge, let's walk him through that and let's get him to understand what the consequences are. And particularly when, you know, two years ago, I've never, no one had ever heard of Jack Ginevan mm-hmm. really. And so this, his life has sort of has been on a fairly upward tra- trajectory. So I, I think he's allowed to uh, be supported th- through this mistake and, and hope that he, this is the, you know, the last we hear of this type of stuff. But uh, it's in terms of the other one around, you know, if Jack was a plumber or if Jack was a, a taxi driver would we even know about it mm-hmm. this go to any toilet in any pub i suspect on a saturday night and you could probably just throw your phone over the top of a uh, a cubicle when two two people walk into it and you'll get a picture of something won't you like generally when more than one person goes into a cubicle <laughs> something's happening in there so I, I just don't know what the answer is. I, I think one thing that's going to be interesting, and I think one pe- one thing that people want is transparency, and I think they want a little bit more from the AFL. Now, the AFL do hair testing in January and also in August, and they get an understanding of that. that's at every club, and they get those figures back. And they, to this stage, I don't think they've been released in recent years to see whether this is a growing concern. Is this an isolated incident with a handful of people? And I think what people want to know is what's the lay of the land because it seems to be, you know, and even the, the, the messaging around how it was explained by Collingwood, I think Darcy Moore said this is an isolated incident. And I think there's a fair bit of scepticism from a lot of people that, doesn't, that don't think this is an isolated incident. Mm. If the AFL were to do this hair testing, and I don't, we don't need to know the names, but if they come out and said that 35% or 19% or 6%, or 50% of players had some sort of trace of a illicit substance in there. At least we know what we're dealing with. Because if it is a very low number, we can, we can think that uh, a supportive policy where we try and counsel and, and uh, 
bring players back from making mistakes. If it's a very low number and we're not dealing with many people, I think that's a good response. If it's much higher, if it's 20, 25% of players that are doing it, clearly what they're doing now is not working and it is more widespread than perhaps we want to think it is. And maybe it has to be a stronger stance that the AFL has. But unless you have that information, very hard to sit on the radio and pass judgment when you don't have all the knowledge. Just finally on this, do we need to have more empathy on these 20, 21-year-old kids who are literally 20, 21-year-old kids that if you are looking this from at this from a, a broader point of view, someone has been strategic in getting footage of this by putting their phone mm. over the top of a toilet cubicle. He also, Jack, would probably need to have a think about the friends that he surrounds himself mm. with that are also putting him in that position as, as equally as him putting himself in that yep. position. Um I still make mistakes as a 39-year-old. You still make mistakes as a 60-year-old. So, or whatever you are. Um, do we, and I made a lot more when I was 20. Do we need to have more empathy about these kids being kids in today's society? Look, I think it's just, it just comes down to when you think about it, how do you want to handle this? Now, if we, if we say oh, they should be sacked from the footy club and chucked out, where do, where do they end up? What's the, what's the likelihood of, of them going on and, and having further issues? I think it would be higher than if we said – no, let's let's have a look at this. Let's try and counsel you. Let's try and support you. And let's try and get you through the other side and make sure that you, when you're faced with that sort of fork in the road, it's my final training session. What do you reckon we should do? Let's go to the Sorrento pub with about 10 blokes and, and probably have a, you know, a really big night. That's probably the moment you say, no, nah, that's probably not in my best interest. So you're trying to get them to identify those sort of forks in the road where you can make a choice that one has the high potential of ending up in a, a situation which is risky. The other one is uh, a bit more conservative. So they're the decisions you're trying to get them to make. Send us a text. What do you think? 0427-154-166. Next, we are doing On The Mark. Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 18 minutes past eight. The caller of the week will win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, iced flavoured milks and fresh juices. We will need the juices especially this week because it's a warm one. The last blast of summer before we get into the cooler stuff, I think, because it always happens when fringe is on. Exactly. And particularly around the end of Feb, hottest month of the year in South Australia, February. And of course, the nippies orange juice. Nothing more refreshing than cracking into one of them. Let's get into this. Every good side has a good captain, Mark Bickley. You worked out where that's from yet? I have. Yes. That was from the Wavell Showgrounds uh, on. Did the, you do a celebrity appearance? <laughs> that was on the day after we won the grand final. Wow. In 1997, and there were 45,000 people at the Wavell Showgrounds on the Oval. Did you see I sent an image? I was at Bunnings on the weekend, and I saw your plaque opened by Mark Bickley. Mm. I was listening to something, uh, might have been SENWA, where they were talking and they were interviewing, I can't recall which player it was, but they said the similar type thing. This must be a, a phenomenon that uh, the Bunnings are going with. The celebrities. sports people to open their stores. Do you get discount there? I haven't actually been back there. I generally <laughs> go to the bar. I'm sort of... So the reason why, it's near Footy Park, so it's that corner... Kind of, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of near Adelaide and the Adelaide Footy Club. My hood is a bit more uh, southerly, so I'm either sort of Mile End, Bunnings, or even sort of further, Melrose Park, even. Okay. And, and Marion, for that matter. So 
I spread my love around with the Bunnings. So we've <laughs> heard. Warehouses. Okay, let's get into on the mark. I'll read out four statements you need to say if they are on the mark or off the mark. Starting off with Australia's test team would not be in this position if Justin Langer was still coaching. <laughs> this is a free hit, isn't it? It's like throwing a lob up. I'm a just uh, unashamed Justin Langer fan. I think he would have uh, stiffened the team up if he was still coached. Now, what would what that means is. There may be some people who, if they didn't like the way that he coached, may not be in the team and they may have brought some harder personalities with a bit more grit in. But I just know that there would have been a a sterner response after test one than what we've seen in the second test. After what you saw on Friday, the Adelaide Crows will play finals. Mm, Off the mark, I don't have Adelaide playing finals before Friday. And whilst I was impressed with some elements of what they did, particularly in the the front half of the game, I still don't think they're going to do enough to unseat the... uh, There's probably 10 sides ahead of them that I think could play finals. The eight from last year, Chuck in Carlton and also Port Adelaide. I think they've got to get in front of, what's that, three of them to play finals. I don't think they can do it, so that's off the mark. Scott Lysette is not a guaranteed start for the power in 2023. That's on the mark. But I will say he's he's the first choice right now. But the gap between the second choice is narrowing. Scott will be 31 later this year. Uh, so you've got uh, Bryn Tickle, you've got Dante Vicentini, uh, Jeremy Finlayson. When he comes back, he showed he was a great option last year. So I think the, the gap is not as pronounced. He gets first crack at it. There's no doubt about that. But I think Vicentini is the dark horse. He's the one to watch. I think there's uh, he's been... Um, impressing people down at Alberton. Just finally, there should be an AFL exclusive nightclub where mobile phones are banned. <laughs> I think if you ask any <laughs> AFL player, they will say that is on the mark. Do I think it might happen? Uh, off the mark. It's 22 minutes past eight. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 27 minutes past eight. Happy Tuesday. If you missed the show, Ryan Harris, we spoke to about the disaster over in India for the Australian cricket team and also Mark Milligan about the disaster which was the draw on the weekend for so Adelaide just United. Just summarising it, Ryan Harris said, just hold your horses. Mm. The, the the players do really care because that's the thing that's coming across. Called it garbage. Yeah, they're all a little bit nonchalant mm. in their interviews, uh, but they certainly care. Tough place to play cricket. Hold your fire. They will respond again. So now we're waiting for the third test for the response. So we'll wait and see. Mark Milligan, too, from Adelaide United, said he's not going anywhere because Brisbane Raw have parted ways with their coach, Warren Moon. But he said his wife has been waiting 18 years to come back to South Australia, so he likes being married. <laughs> and so, so you threw uh, Ross Aloisi, you threw his name out there? And said, I've since been uh, communicated to by someone in the know that said it's not Ross. Okay, well, there you go. But there might be another Adelaide connection heading up to Queensland. Good mail, then, you had. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we do have uh, that Signet Boost power. Power bank valued at fifty nine ninety five to give away. We've had so many texts coming we through have. today, Bix. Yeah, and this one here, I'm going to. I've saved the best till last. Uh, this is from Alex, and he says, uh, "Morning, lads. Is it possible Connor Rosie gets that good that the team can't keep up with him? We don't see his full potential. No, that is not possible. If he gets really, really good, I think Port Adelaide will be really, really good. He's got some really good players around him as well. 
Uh, Alex said it sounds silly, but he looks a class above. Alex from Glam Nutrition Club at Grange, which I know you frequent sometimes, Jared. You are the caller or the text of the morning. That he was a class above on Friday night, and it just gets you up and about as a Port Adelaide fan. I don't want to get too mm. excited because obviously there's uh, some unfinished business for Ken Hinckley and the team, just as there is for Matthew Nixon, the Adelaide Crows. So tomorrow we are going to be speaking to Victoria Skipper of the SA Scorpions, Gemma Barsby, and also one of the best on ground for Port Adelaide, Miles Bergman. We'll chat to them. And what are you going on for the rest of the day, Bix? Uh, not much. Staying cool, Jared. Yeah, please do that. Stay hydrated with your nippies juices. Uh, We will chat to you in the morning from 6 o'clock. Thanks for listening.